0: Ahoy, ocean creatures! This is actually its phytoplankton planet Ocean. I'm Jamie Cool.
1: And I'm Lachlan McKenna.
0: This is our final episode for Season 2 and our last day participating in National Science Week for 2021.
1: Aww. Well, as promised, we prepared a small selection of easy do-it-yourself oceanography experiments and demonstrations using commonly found household items.
0: And if you're listening to this with audio only, we want you to know that this is our first vodcast podcast. So you can watch this episode too.
1: While we're performing the experiments, it's going to be much more helpful if you watch and listen at the same time.
0: Yeah, so look at our lovely faces, watch the bizarre floating hands do experiments and grab your resource pack from go to for more information and materials.
1: All right, let's do this thing.
0: We've got four experiments inspired by the oceans and oceanography.
1: First up, we're talking about density. Every week, I take my son to swimming lessons, which he loves, by the way, and I sing, Twinkle, twinkle, little boat, this is how we like to float.
0: Ears in the water, tummy up high, like like a tugboat
1: floating by. by. Yes,
0: we know it. We know it backwards.
1: Well, we can float because pool water is denser than our bodies. Density quantifies as how much stuff is packed into a space. It's the mass or the weight of something divided by the volume it occupies. When we slip into the pool, our bodies push water out of the way and the amount of water we displace pushes back on us. If the water pushes back harder, we float. Mm -hmm. If not, we sink. This concept is called buoyancy. If something has a positive buoyancy, it means it floats. If it has a negative buoyancy, it means it sinks. And if it's a neutral buoyancy, it's somewhere in the middle.
0: That's right. Some types of water are denser than others.
1: Let's see what happens when we experiment with water density and salinity.
0: And just to be clear here, density is how much stuff is packed into a space, and salinity is how salty is the water.
1: You'll need a glass some table salt, an egg and a spoon, and some regular tap water.
0: And someone to do some weird presenting hands over the materials, apparently, like Lachlan is doing in our video. Fill your glass with fresh tap water.
1: And place your egg in there.
0: Now with even more presenting hands, like you are showing a prize on a game show.
1: (laughs) What happens? The egg sinks to the bottom of the glass because the egg is denser than the fresh water. So the egg is pushing harder against the water And the egg is negatively buoyant.
0: I think it's a little bit like cake. A mud cake is usually pretty dense. It has more ingredients and everything is kind of more tightly packed in.
1: Unlike a sponge cake, which is light and fluffy, it's not particularly dense as cakes go. It has more space between the ingredients.
0: Sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. But back to the experiment. Now, scoop out your egg and we're going to add some table salt to the water.
1: So the amount of salt you'll need depends on the size of your water glass. We used a glass vase, so we needed a lot of salt. We started by adding about half a cup of salt to the water. Mix it up, put the egg back in, and I predict that your egg should float in the salt water by changing the density.
0: Yeah, no, nothing happened. It's the same. The egg sinks, Lachlan. Ba-bow, fail.
1: Uh, Okay, so when we add salt to the water, it dissolves and it increases the mass of the water just a little. But the volume, that's the space the water occupies, hasn't changed. So we have increased the density, but only just a little bit.
0: So not enough to make the egg float?
1: No. So scoop out the egg and keep adding more salt until you get the right concentration. As we know, the oceans are made of salty water. Keep trying, and eventually you'll get a result.
0: Huzzah! The egg floats!
1: Now that enough salt has dissolved in the water, the saltwater solution has become denser than the egg. The water now pushes back harder on the egg, and the egg has positive buoyancy. Our solution contains H2O. Water. Sodium chloride. Salt. So the amount of stuff...
0: Salty water.
1: Packed into the
0: space. Vase. Increases. (laughs) Woohoo, floating egg.
1: That's right. Things generally float better in salt water, including us.
0: Hey, remember that time we went snorkelling in Perth? We were in Penguin Island.
1: Oh, yeah, I do. It was super salty and it was so easy to float around because of
0: density. density. You'll also notice that the water has turned white. So I think there's a little bit of physics going on there.
1: Yeah, I think what's happening there is you're seeing a little bit of the salt that hasn't dissolved completely into solution Mm -hmm. and it's scattering the light, a bit like when we spoke to Ryan about when you add milk to water and the milk scatters all the colours of the rainbow and how I see it as white. I think something similar is happening there.
0: Okay. What kind of scattering is that called again?
1: That is called... Elastic scattering. Elastic
0: scattering. Okay, Lachlan, let's stick with density, but this time, rather than thinking about the salinity of the water, we're going to think about temperature.
1: All right, back to the kitchen for another experiment. This time, you need a large, clear container filled with tap water. We used a fish tank, some blue and red water balloons, and a spoon or some barbecue tongs.
0: You also need two large salad bowls, a kettle, in a nice big block of ice.
1: And remember, if you're handling hot water, please make sure there's an adult around to supervise. When it comes to density, not all water is created equal. Well, that's true for temperature as well. With this experiment, we're aiming to show how warmer water floats because it has lower density and cooler water sinks because it has a higher density.
0: So fill your water balloons with water And make sure you squeeze out any air. If there's air left in your balloons, they will float no matter what you do to the temperature. And you will get a false result, which is exactly what happened to me the first time I tried this. So squeeze out the water.
1: The next step is immerse the red balloons in hot water and blue balloons in ice water.
0: Leave the balloons to sit for a little while, maybe five minutes, so the water inside of them heats up and cools down, respectively.
1: So as water in the red balloons is heating up, the water molecules move about more freely and expand out a little more and the water occupies slightly more space or the density of the water in the red balloons decreases.
0: It's the opposite for the blue balloons. As the water cools, the molecules become more squeezed in and you have the same amount of water occupying less space or the density of the water in the blue balloons has increased.
1: Now, Grab the tongs and add your hot and cold balloons to the room temperature water. What happens?
0: Well, look at that. The cold balloons sank to the bottom of the tank and the hot balloons float on the surface like a boat.
1: This is because cold water is denser than room temperature water. So in the oceans, warm water will try and rise to the surface and cold water will sink down to the depths.
0: So what does that mean more broadly for the ocean, Lachlan?
1: Well, first it means that surface waters tend to be the warmest part of the ocean. Then the deeper you go down, the colder the ocean gets. When warm surface water moves south or north, it tends to cool down and then it gets denser. It'll sink and it pushes the water in front of it along, a bit like a conveyor belt. Mm -hmm. Water sinks down until it reaches the depths of the ocean and it moves along. Eventually, it'll hit a coastline where it's forced up again, often bringing yummy nutrients for phytoplankton to eat. And they call this the global conveyor belt current.
0: Okay, let's keep the theme going. We're going to use the same equipment again, the fish tank filled with water, but you need to scoop out all those balloons.
1: Yeah, this time we're going to simulate what it looks like when an iceberg melts into the ocean.
0: You need to prepare a large block of ice that you've coloured with food dye. Any colour will do. We made a blue one, blue icebergs, and we used silicon mini loaf trays. To make our giant ice blocks.
1: Mm, Mini low. Mini low. So delicious. (laughs) Back to
0: the experiments. (laughs) Yes.
1: So we know that cold water is denser than room temperature water. So, Jamie, what do you think is going to happen to that ice block?
0: Well, I think based on the last experiment that the ice is going to sink because it's very cold.
1: Let's find out.
0: Okay. Well, I was really, really wrong about that one. The ice is floating on the top. You know, but I probably should have known that because ice in my drinks floats on top too. I didn't think of it. So, Lachlan, why is that happening?
1: Okay, so the water molecules align themselves in ice differently to how they align themselves in liquid water. It means that the frozen water molecules are more spread out than the liquid water molecules, and that means ice is less dense than liquid water. But just like ice in your drink, because of changes in temperature, the ice will melt, a.k.a. starts to change into a liquid, Mm -hmm. and look what happens.
0: Oh, well, you can see the blue liquid melting from the ice block and sinking down into the tank. Hmm.
1: So this is essentially what happens when polar ice and glaciers melt into the ocean. Right. That cold water, Mm -hmm. which is fresh, can impact the flow of the global conveyor belt current that I mentioned earlier, which in turn can affect the ocean ecosystem and our climate.
0: So hang on a sec. You're saying water can exist in three forms. I knew this. As a liquid, water. As a solid, that's ice. Mm-hmm. And as gas, that's steam or water vapour. Sure. Sure. Are there any other elements or chemical compounds that are shapeshifters, like water?
1: Oh, yeah, lots of them, including one we've talked about a lot this season, mm-hmm. carbon dioxide.
0: Ah.
1: Ever been to a Halloween party where someone's made the witch's potion and it's all foggy and smoky?
0: Yes, I love Halloween.
1: Or <laughs> well, that effect is made with dry ice.
0: So dry ice is the solid form of carbon dioxide. It's what makes up the polar ice caps on our next-door neighbour planet, Mars.
1: The liquid form of carbon dioxide can only exist under a lot of pressure. And When liquid carbon dioxide is exposed to Earth's atmosphere, it's simply not enough pressure to hold it there and it immediately turns
0: into a gas. You'll find liquid CO2 in fire extinguishers. But as Lachlan has said, as soon as you release that liquid from its pressurised container, it turns into gas.
1: But gaseous CO2 is abundant on Earth. Mm. You might have some in your kitchen and you might use it on a daily basis.
0: That's right. The next experiment requires a soda maker.
1: Or as Yvonne calls it, a bubbly water machine.
0: So we're going to do an over-exaggerated demonstration of ocean acidification by forcing carbon dioxide gas into tap water using our soda maker.
1: Phytoplankton, if you think about it, are kind of the soda makers of the ocean. Mm -hmm. Their processes of photosynthesis and respiration transfer CO2 gas from the atmosphere into the ocean to form an essential step in the Earth's carbon cycle.
0: Cool. So we've learnt throughout this season that that is a good thing. But because we've been burning fossil fuels for over 200 years, the carbon cycle is at risk of being thrown out of balance and the ocean is absorbing more CO2.
1: More CO2 in the ocean can lead to a decrease in pH, which makes the water acidic.
0: So let's do some ocean acidification of our own. For this experiment, you need a soda maker, a pH test kit. We grabbed one from the hardware store for about 15 bucks, And three contrasting water samples.
1: Sample number one
0: is regular tap water. And sample two is
1: rainwater from our tank.
0: And sample three is soda water.
1: Your soda machine basically forces carbon dioxide into the water, bonding with the water and creating carbonic acid. And this will drastically change the pH.
0: Now it's time to test the pH of each sample. There are a lot of different pH test kits on the market, so follow the instruction on your particular one. Ours needed 15 mils of water and three drops of testing solution.
1: The colours in your sample will immediately change and then it's time to compare them to the pH chart to get your result.
0: Remember, on the pH scale, 7 is neutral. Anything higher than 7 is basic and lower than 7 is acidic.
1: So the tap water from our kitchen turned purple with a pH of around 7.5 making it slightly basic but totally safe to drink.
0: Right so tap water is slightly basic so that it doesn't corrode the pipes. The rainwater turned dark green with a pH of around 5.5 which is a little acidic. pH wise still safe to drink but don't drink tank water unless it's been properly filtered please.
1: Yeah and I should mention that rainwater is typically a little bit acidic, so it's not unusual. Okay. The last sample is our soda water. As expected, because we forced carbon dioxide into the water and created carbonic acid, the results showed the sample as acidic with a pH of 4.
0: But, Lachlan, I drink soda water literally every day, so do you.
1: That's right. The Soda water is totally safe to drink. Uh, fish couldn't live in this level of acidity. For listeners out there, don't worry, we're not going to do that experiment.
0: No fish were harmed in today's episode of Actually, It's Phytoplankton Planet Ocean.
1: If you're keen, you can continue this experiment with other water samples. You could collect water from the beach or
0: from a pond, for example. You could even make salt water, like in our first experiment, Mm -hmm. or sugar water. You could even test clear soft drinks.
1: Good idea. Well, that's about all we've got for you today. If you're trying some of these experiments at home, make sure there's an adult present and please share photos or videos with us on our socials at GoToCurious.
0: We want to thank all you lovely listeners for joining us for another National Science Week this year. I'm so happy that we got to do Season 2 and I really enjoyed learning along with you.
1: As we've said every episode, we are giving away an Oculus Quest VR headset and the VR game Ocean Rift. Entries close the last day of National Science Week. That's August 22nd at midnight. So you might still have time to get your entry in.
0: Yes. We want to know in 50 words or less, how will you use your new VR headset to inspire somebody else about science?
1: We've had such a fun National Science Week with you this year, And we especially want to shout out to everyone who participated in our live sci-art show in Toowoomba. Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much. Either in person or online.
0: So soon we'll be starting to plan season three. And if you have some cool research that you want to turn into an educational podcast, please get in contact with us. We're keen to hear from you from all facets of science, but we are particularly interested in ocean and water-themed topics. You can contact us via email, science at go curious.com or message us on social media at GoToCurious.
1: And finally, please, please, please leave us a review on your podcast streaming app. That would be great.
0: So from Lachlan, Ivana and I, thanks for listening, thanks for playing games and thanks for sciencing with us in 2021. We hope you had a great National Science Week and we'll see you again next year. See you. Bye. Actually, It's Phytoplankton is a Go To Curious production proudly supported by a National Science Week grant from the Australian Commonwealth Government. Thank you to all our expert guests collaborating on Season 2, and special thanks to co-presenters Ivana Setinich and Lachlan McKinna who work behind the scenes as script consultants. The series is prepared and written by me, Jamie Cool. I compose our theme music and create the resource materials on our website, gotocurious.com. Our fabulous logos are designed by Hannah at Boone Creative.